Boxcaster online. Authorization accepted. Upload confirmed. Begin transmission. Horus will not be allowed to win, Omegon retorted. Consider the alternative, Omegon Primarch. This is what we have far seen. The Emperor will give his life to achieve victory. He will fall at Terra, striking Horus down. This will be his destiny. See. The silver light shimmered. They saw the magnificence of the golden throne and the howling rictus of the wizened cadaver locked inside it. Oh, my lord, Sonica cried. If the emperor wins, stagnation will seize the Imperium. It will seek to perpetuate itself over and again across thousands of years, but it will decay slowly and surely. It will decay and gradually allow chaos to seep back in and consume it. Victory is defeat, asked Alpharius softly. If the emperor wins, Alpharius... Chaos will ultimately triumph. Ten, twenty thousand years of misery and rot will follow until the primordial annihilator at last achieves ascendancy. This is the choice? asked Omegon. He laughed bleakly. The slow, inexorable conquest of chaos or a brief period of terror and frenzy. Creeping damnation or a bloody century or two as the human race rips itself apart and expunges chaos from the galaxy. This is the choice we present you. The human race is a weapon. It can save the galaxy or destroy it. This is hardly a choice at all, Gahat, said Alpharius. I pity you, human. It is not. But you are pragmatic. That is your abiding virtue. You see the long view. You make the hard decisions. Alpharius, the stagnant future must be denied. How do we do that? asked Omegon. How do you propose we do that, you alien bastard? It's perfectly simple, Omegon. The Alpha Legion must side with the rebels. You must ensure that Horus wins. And that was an excerpt from Legion. Uh, this is our second part of our Legion review. And that was yours and my favorite uh, high school teacher, Mr. David Witek. And why, thank you to my co-host, Greg Dan, favorite high school teacher, with a flair for the dramatic. Yes, definitely. Uh, well, we're back, folks. Back Starting back. with Chapter 11 of Legion. And man, I'm excited to finish up this book to cover this we're getting close to the payoff here we got uh, three more chapters before we hit the part two at the halting site where all this comes true dude i love i think you know of all the big sort of reveals that i've had so far in the books i've read that scene where they tell you that if horace won that fight all of humanity goes extinct in a couple hundred years, he fights against his own traitor legions. And I mean, I guess he kills everybody. 
I mean, I, that's all I can imagine. He wipes out the whole human race and eventually kills himself, I guess. But the human race is extinct and chaos loses, which is kind of awesome that chaos loses, but at, at the cost of, well, the human race. Do well, I, yeah, for, for thousands of years before it rebuilds. <laughs> well, would it reveal? Oh, before chaos rebuilds, I guess, yeah, is what you're no, saying there. No, they were talking about, um, yeah, there's potential for humanity to rebuild those isolated pockets, etc., etc. Oh, okay, I didn't catch that part. I just thought we'd be gone. And I was like, wow, is that a fair trade-off to get rid of chaos? I mean, chaos is so, you know, bad. I was just like, I just, I just... I loved that reveal. That was the that was the in the, in all the books I read. That made me stop and go, "Wow, wow!" That's that's something I'd never considered. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That and um, that and Omegon's nature. Yeah, which although it's hinted through the book, um, I, I remember uh, talking to a random guy in in G Dub, and he got. He knew Jim Swallow, I think it was, and um, years ago. And that, for some reason, he picked up a Jim Swallow book, and it got him back into the in, into the heresy, having not known anything of it. And we were talking about Legion, and he said, "Well, it's obvious, isn't it? You know, Alpharis, Omegon." And I'm like, "But it's not to someone who's been reading these books for 15 years, and who's been playing the game for 15 years, who's drummed into you there are you know 20 Primarchs, two weren't missing, blah blah blah." There are certain immutable laws, and um, actually it turns out that they're not so immutable, maybe. Hey, let me ask you this, because I kind of, I'd heard that before I'd gotten, you know, reading this, because, like I said, by the time I read it, the book would already been out for a couple of years. Was this like a huge, like, when you read this, was that something you didn't know? Like, was that unknown? Was that not in other fluff before? I know the Alpha Legion don't have their own codex. Okay. Um I suggest if you haven't listened to or read Dan Abnett talk about Legion, in the hardback, um, they do the afterwards at the back where he mentions it. But I've seen, there. Are, if you YouTube Legion Dan Abnett interview, um, it'll be on there. And I've seen him talk about it a couple of places. He went in for the, the first meeting about this book. Okay. Having sat down and been told he was getting to write it or whatever. And he... He went and see Alan Merritt, who's the the big granddaddy of all the law. The lore master, yeah. Yeah, and he took in a list of like eight, nine, ten things he wanted to do in this book. And fully expecting like, you know, three quarters of them to just be thrown out out of hand. And he sat down and he went, right, I want to do this. And they said, yep, that's fine. And I want to do this. That's fine. I want to do this. That's fine. And he went through almost the whole list. He was like, this is crazy. You know, this never happens. And, uh, and then Alan Merritt went at the end of it, oh, you finished? Yeah, yeah, we're finished. Well, we've always had this thing about Alpharius. <laughs> he told Dan Abner that right from the beginning at GW, Alpharius was always the twin. So, yes, at the end of the day, no one outside of that knew that there were twin Primarchs. Um, I'm sure some people will say they had an inkling or whatever, and there are clues maybe around, but... Well, the names do... I mean, there was a little subtle hint there with the names. I mean... There was no real Omegon before this book. But I'm saying as you're reading the book, having... An, as you're reading the book, there are hints, but... Alpha it's and Omega, thing. yeah. I started uh, the hobby in 91, I think. 
So I've had all those years of there are 18 Primarchs. Oh, no, yeah. There are 18 Primarchs. That is it. So why would anyone think there's, you know, one of them's a twin? Oh, sure. It's, it's ingrained into you. So, yeah, it was massive. It was like, oh, there were two Primarchs. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Oh, so that uh, is kind of cool. Yeah, because, I mean, the Ome- when I'm reading the Omega, I'm like, okay, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm like, you know, it's weird that they've all got these regular names, and then one guy's got a name that's the other Greek letter that you always hear. Yeah. So when I heard that, I did think it was something, but I'd already heard little bits and rumblings because obviously it wasn't anything new. As I say, this guy coming in fresh, you know, just went, oh, my God, all right, fair enough, yep. And, you know, he picked up on it straight away, but he didn't have any of that conditioning. <laughs> yeah. See, you know and, what? They, yeah, I guess, yeah. I yeah. hate when people do that, though. That's like, you know, I got a friend. Every time we watch a movie, he knew who Kaiser Sose was in five minutes. He knew that, you know, he knew that when Bruce Willis was talking to the Haley Joel Osment in uh, The Never Sixth Sense, you know, he knew within five minutes that he was dead. I'm like, you're a jerk. <laughs> it's all right if he keeps it to himself. Yeah, well. I'm glad I'm not that because you don't get to experience the reveals. Yeah, you know what? I, I mean, you know, people look at me, you didn't get that? I, I kind of enjoyed being surprised. Yeah, and certainly the reasons for the alphas fighting for chaos was something um, that was, you know, pretty... It was like, oh my goodness, they're good guys? Sort of? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Um, we'll that, discuss that at the end, because that's, that's okay. still... That, 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 that makes my head hurt. <laughs> it does, because it's such a loop. Because no matter how you read that, you can read it either way. Which I guess is a good thing, because... But- but it, it fits way. the theme of the whole damn book. I still yeah. don't know what the hell they're doing when I get to the end of this book. And it allows for p- lots of potential stories. Oh, yeah. On. All right. So you want to jump into this? Yeah, let's go. All right. Um, so, asked Namajira looking for We let him go. Why? Well, good. <laughs> so they let him go. And, said, out. and I said the same thing. Why? Why'd you let him go? Well, it wasn't a blank biometric. It was bronzies. The scanners have been malfunctioning because of the stuff in the desert and the sand and stuff. So there's a precedent for that not being read. There's a precedent for this. Um, and somehow, Roxana managed to get past Bronzy and Sonica and get off into the desert. And they are both embarrassed that this woman got away from them. Yeah. And that's what they were doing. They were running around looking for her, trying to find her. When we found them, you know, because they, they did find them. They didn't quite come back home. They were just close enough where they could get picked up. Yeah. Well, we assumed she was running back here. Where the hell else is she going to run? It's a freaking desert. Yeah. You know? Oh, they play it brilliantly. Oh, it just, it's like, oh, God. They got to answer for everything. You know what this reminds me of? And I, I know not everybody likes anime like I do. Did you, do you watch, have you ever watched Death Note? No. I might have. Okay. Seriously. Just, I don't know if it's on, I think it's on Netflix. You got Netflix, don't you? Uh, we have a very different Netflix to your Netflix. But just go see if Death Note is on there. It's only 52 episodes. It's a closed series. Watch it. You want to talk about two people playing cat and mouse and everybody one up in the other guy and plans oh. within plans within plans. It's a, every, oh, this is so good. This is just brilliant. But I'm not going to go into digress into that too much because we got a lot of book to cover still. So, um, 
so they're having a drink. Bronzy and Sonica, half celebrating, half relaxing. Relaxing. Oh, Sonica's half trying to work out if he's done the right thing. Yeah. Why are you okay with this? And this is this is the conversation. I mentioned this last episode. This is the conversation that really grabs me. This is where you see the difference between the two of them so yeah. much. And this is the same difference you start to see in the other legions with the, with the lodges and stuff. Except here, I'm rooting for the guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sympathizing with Bronzy. Whereas before, I was not sympathizing with anybody who wanted to be part of a lodge. Right, yeah. You know, um, so, you know, he's worried, you know, that, you know, they're not sentimental. They're going to hurt Roxana. Listen, what are you going to do? And he goes, listen, it's uh, middle of page 227. I don't know. It's the Astartes, I suppose. To be chosen by them, to be singled out by them for service, that's an honor in my book. The Astartes are the image of the emperor whom I adore and to, and to whose work I've devoted my life. To serve them is to serve him. There's no finer duty. And that's when he's like, whatever happened to company first, imperium second, Gino over Gene? That's just something we say, isn't it? I thought it's something we believed. Yeah, that's, that's the line, I uh, think. Yeah. Bron- Bronzy understands how it's supposed to work. Yeah, and uh, Bron- sorry, the emperor comes first. I know that we are loyal to each other. And in the field, I, you're my first guy I look for. You know, but let's face it, the emperor is the emperor. Mm. Uh, you know, and he actually says it. <laughs> in fact, right here, the emperor is the emperor, and the Astartes are his chosen, the brightest and the best. I'm comfortable working for them, providing they're on our side. What does that mean? Nothing. I just have a gut dislike of this sordid intrigue. I'm a soldier, not a spy. And I'm wondering which of these words best describes the Alpha Legion. So this is going on. Um, in fact, uh, he's dressing up because Hone, you know, he's dressing up to go take over in his formal to go pick, take over, formally take over command of the clowns. Yeah. You know, and um, while he's dressing, that's when Moo and Boone arrive. It's so funny. Moo is pissed. Yeah. It's oh, just like, you. yeah. You call this doing it quietly? And it's funny because of all the people, Boone is the one. Who backs him up? He's like, you know what, you know, you can. Uh, what is? Um, I'd like to. I'd like to have cleaner. Uh, I'd like. I'd have liked a cleaner end to this matter, but it's worked out decently. Yeah, yeah. it would. So, and then Bronzy, company first, Imperium second, Gino before Gene, and Sonica gives him a look like you, bastard. Because he knows now that's just something we say. Yeah. Bronzy is just right into it now. He's a great operative for the Alpha Legion because he's used to just doing whatever he wants and making up excuses for it later. He's the guy who it's far easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Definitely. You know? Um, and so they go leave, and there he is. He's just having another drink with Boone. He w- waggled the bottle. So go on. It's hard. I think. Um, I think. Yeah, you've you've identified with Bronzy there. I think some will identify with Sneko there. They're still questioning what's going on with this Legion out in the in the dust. Bearing in mind, we know the Alpha Legion end up on Horace's side at Isfan Five. Yeah, it's a real kind of you know. And I see. And I this 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 book really kind of turns everything on its head for me because I am I am totally. You're rooting for the traitor here. 
I am, and I don't know why, because I never have. I don't. I'm not that. I don't play that way. I don't play the games that way. This is not my style. But, I mean, Dan Abnett did a really good job of turning it on his head, making me sympathize with these guys. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, they are kind of getting the job done, and they're doing things their own way. I don't, I don't know. But, I, you know, it's just that's sort of how I'm falling into it here. Mm. But I've always said that if Horace asked me to turn, I probably would have. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know that I got that strong of a will. I know myself well enough to know my flaws. And you get <laughs> someone with that sort of magnetism, that sort of power asking you to do stuff. I, I don't know that I'd have I'd been able to say no. But that's just me. Um, so I like this. Moo leaves with uh, Sonica. And she asks him if he's okay. And he says he is, but he doesn't seem okay. And she's like, listen, Bronzy's a rogue. Yeah, she's got his number. I don't want to see you end up like him. And he's like, no, I'm okay. And I like how she tells him not to worry. You're not carrying some curse that will infect the clowns. Yeah. I love that line because with the chaos and that sort of that that infection of chaos being implied Mm. in so many things, I just love the way she says it. You're not carrying some sort of curse. Ooh, you might be. Especially she, since he's sitting there and he's got, uh, he's in the, tr- is everything okay? And he's rubbing his hip. Yeah, these, these clothes just, they're itchy. Chief. Yeah, and he's got the Hydra brand on him. Indeed. So. And meanwhile, we've got um, Rukshana out being interrogated by possibly Alpharius. Yeah, I was going to say, is it Alpharius? <laughs> Um, oh, and I feel so bad for her. Yeah, she's she's just dumped in the middle of this. Well, and he, what do you know about Grammaticus? She, oh, she, and I love her response. His yeah. real name's John. That's his name. Like she didn't know that, but he yeah. asked about the cabal, and she's like, "I don't know anything about that." You're lying. And the yeah. second she lies to him, now she's in trouble. Yeah, he mentioned it. That's all. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's pretty much the truth. Did he tell her more than that? No. No, but she, she lied. Yeah. So now they know, and they send in Sheer. This is Sheer. He will help you exercise your doubts. Yes. <laughs> he tells her, brace yourself. It's like, oh, no. You've seen what Sheer can do, what he did to Grammaticus. Yeah, who's a much more powerful psycho than she ever was. Yeah, she's in so much trouble. I feel so bad for her. And... um and so you get back though, and now they're looking for him. There's Adept Arum sitting at the in the in the ship in the main <sighs> ship. He's in Big N's ship, and he's going and he's looking up info on Roxana. Ter- it's the Terracotta Palace, the central security center of the. Oh, terrac- I'm sorry. Yeah, he's in the palace. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's in the middle of things. Yeah, he didn't leave. He's right there. So I'm. A, is he a shapeshifter? He came back. Who? Um, Grammaticus? Yeah. No, he's he's done what he's done to everyone else. He made himself look a little bit like Pius. It's more he projects, like, the way I've read it is when someone looks at them, he projects, he allows them to see what they want to see kind of thing. So he's real. I mean, this guy's powerful. I mean, if he, he could just unconsciously. 
he said when he came out of the shower and stuff, he does he, he doesn't change his features or anything. He just does enough to resemble an average kind of like soldier, and then allows people to think you know to to kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, but I mean, he must be projecting something else because Chain doesn't recognize him. And I mean, they've got pictures of they know who what he looks like. If no, but what? But will is Chain? You know, um, is Chain looking directly at him? I guess his hood up. No. Thing, and if he's not expecting to see something, it's one of those things when people aren't expecting to see something, they don't ex- they don't see it quite a lot of the time. You know, little yeah. details are missed, and this is just a kind of magnification of that. But he is still a powerful psycho. I mean, he told a an Astartes to put his gun down and step away from him. Yeah. So it's a, a bit of both. Okay, I, guess, I mean, I guess he's not. Yeah, I mean, I was just asking because it just popped into my head. Is it possible? Because, and I guess you no. Know, there's nothing in here that indicates he would be. That was a dumb question, I suppose, but. It does seem like he's projecting out, like you said, a little something. It's got to be, you know. Just in my mind, I'm picturing him, you know, he's, you're, he's clouding your mind again. His Jedi mind tricks are strong, you know. Um, but it, it, didn't take, it didn't take Chain long once he'd left to realize that something wasn't quite right. That's true. Sorry. But he's, 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 he's a pretty strong guy mentally, too, because remember, Boone also noticed something yeah. wasn't right. Like, if you're a guy who's used to... You know, the boom one. He didn't have time to prepare. Right. This one, he's probably had time to prepare, uh, to prepare, take on the character like he did when he was in the city. But there's also stuff. You know, he looks up Rukshana, which hits up all these red flags. All of a sudden, Shane is instantly there. Why are you looking for her? Well, yeah. this was requested by the Uxor Primus of the Gino Chiliad. I want copies of everything. Okay. Can I access the docket archives? Okay. Then he leaves. To go to yeah. the docket archives. That's why. Why would you need to go to the docket archives if everything's here? It might be worth worth noting that most adepts would probably be wearing kind of you know you've seen the gothic pictures. They're in those hooded cowls and things. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. If he's working at his computer, then he's got this hood up and chains over his left hand shoulder. Going, what are you looking at that for? There's there's, there's probably no reason that chains looked at his face. Ah, okay, okay. So, I wasn't a, even thinking about the adept robes. Yeah, so oh, it, I mean that's a possibility. That that that's how I picture it anyway. That's probably right too. Heck, I still can't picture them wearing those clothes from the big, from the cover of the book. So whatever. So <laughs> all naked in your mind. <laughs> well, that's how you keep calm. You picture them in their underwear, and then you're not nervous in front of them. Yeah. So okay, chapter twelve. Now you get this is this oh okay this is where it really picks up and gets creepy on me. This is one of the longer chapters. It's the yeah. This other noise is on the wind, and I love these these these. There's a couple of intros here, which is characters you're only going to see for a few minutes. Subadar yeah. Lectana, he sees it. This thing's coming. He sees this thing coming. Goes, oh my lord! He has time to speak his wife's name before he's killed. The yes. the, the black the cloud is coming in. Dust yeah, that sat over the city all that time, and now it's moving out. And as it's coming, there's something in it, and it yeah. comes flying in. You know, one kilometer west. Thirty seconds later, these guys come in there from the second division, and then they're hit. And it's just this is rolling over them. In fact, it's it, it the way it's described. It, it becomes so powerful as I stopped. 
what is it? Um, yeah, the beautiful mechanized blade systems of their ancient war suits did not save them, nor did the weapons in their hands. Like, this stuff is just rolling through them. Yeah. <laughs> get up, get up. Go away, or I shall kill you. Bronte tells him. It's, you know, get up. Kicks him right in the butt. Get up. And he's like, uh-oh. And now he's like, okay, what's going on? And then this battle starts. Um. Yeah, and he's yeah. Che is nervous, and someone his size shouldn't be here. Where is it? Um, I love this. This was something that I just the murmur when Bronzy describes the murmur. Yeah, from a distance, war made a particular sound: the quake of the ground, the throb of the engines, the rattle of weapons, the thump of detonations, the holler of voices. It all blended together into a kind of ominous murmuring, the feral grumbling of a monster waking over the next hill. Her title Bronzy had heard the murmur dozens of times in his life. It has always augured days that he was lucky to live through or hours he could never forget. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. I mean, it's such a great description there, you know? Um, but so he is forcibly reminded of a dense swarm of locusts 70 kilometers long. And as it comes up, it's nursing cavalry, infantry, just eating up everything in the way. Um, and he's not even afraid of the troops. It's this slow dust cloud that's ten times their height. So it's a 70-foot wall of dust that looks like a mountain about to fall on him. Yeah, and it's not, it's not following them. It's, it's covering them. Yeah. The approach. Yeah, they're not, they're not kicking up a dust cloud because of their numbers. This thing is covering them up and bringing them in. Oh, this is creepy. I still wonder how they survived even a little bit. Like, even through the description. I mean, those first two areas were wiped out within seconds. So the fact that they survived speaks volumes to their fighting ability, I suppose, because... Um, I mean, just came back to have a little look. I mean, when they saw it coming, the guy had time to say his wife's name, and then everybody was dead. 30 no. seconds later, they were a kilometer down uh, the road. No. He managed to speak in a desperate, fearful stamina. The first two syllables was his wife's name. Then he died. Oh, okay. Doesn't say the rest of his guys died. Okay. In kilometers west, at exactly 30 seconds later, um, it could be another part of the circle of the dust cloud. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So they didn't move a full kilometer in 30 seconds. It, it you know... Um, okay, you know what? I totally misread that then. I'm a dunce because I was literally picturing them moving 120 kilometers an hour. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I mean, the whole place would be run over by then. Yes, yeah, and that's that's when when, when something was disparate there. And thank you for explaining. It could be a kilometer. He wouldn't have had time to wake up, let alone organize um, his mortars to new positions. Well, and that's why I had it written down here. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. What am I missing? I have it really written in my notes on the side here. This doesn't make sense to me. What am I missing? Yeah. So yeah, okay. And the slow dust cloud that came with them and disgorged them. Right. So, I knew, I, yeah, okay, a kilometer, the thing's 70 kilometers long. It could be happening a kilometer, you know, laterally. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So, um, so Dev yeah. is working with the Uxors, and I love the panic that's up on top. It showed, I've written down, it shows the strengths and weaknesses of the Imperial command structure. All right, um, absolute mayhem. At the start, you've got just you know a, a ream of orders coming in and going out, and 
and until major dev gets there it's just it's just not working nothing's happening right and then he steps in and is like right you what's going on you you're doing this you you're doing that and then all of a sudden it starts clicking into place and yeah. then the and then the structure starts to work and the and the imperial army can work and here's where we see this is the first time you actually see the connection of the uxors to their troops through their sept where they yes. know they know psychically they know exactly where their troops are and what's going on with them and how they're feeling i mean they can actually tell if they're if, when they lose connection with them oh they're dead i mean there's that's really this is the first time you actually see it in action like what these guys actually do and it was kind of neat yeah and in fact um where i'm talking about the organization isn't until uh it's not until namajira comes in that it really takes off because even now there's other people are still arguing with death well yeah bring us, bring us armor support no we don't need armor support we need this bring us this bring us that yeah and, and then, yeah Mo actually says i think dev's in yeah. charge isn't he yeah but um because he doesn't quite have that rank to overlaw them, you know, Namajira comes in with his black Lucifers. Yeah, you know, Lucifer Black, sorry. Um, <laughs> black Lucifer, Lucifer Blacks. Well, they just sound sinister no matter how you call them. Meanings, maybe. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, and, and it's not until he comes in with that, all that authority that it really stamps down. Yeah. Um, but the one thing is, uh, they do work out they want Titans. Yeah. <laughs> Who it? doesn't want Titans? Um, Princess Jeveth has already ordered the three titans closest to the incursion forward to engage. Bless that old goat for not waiting for an order. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things that still gets me is I realize they have entire planets that do nothing but make, like, bullets. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like munitions and stuff like that. I mean, they have entire planets that do this, right? I mean, that's the whole... Which, plan, yeah. yeah. God bless America. Like the size. Of, I mean, I'm still don't. I I don't. I don't think I really grasp it. Like I've seen what they look like. I've seen pictures of them, like the models, and I've seen them on the game table, and they describe it. And I still don't think. In my head, I don't grasp their size. Like I mean, I think if I actually were to see one, like in the actual, like like into scale. You know, you describe how it just terrifies people. I mean, the oh, size of the bombs and the bullet and the weapons they're shooting. I'm like, God. I mean, it's just, it's staggering. It's not something that I can actually wrap my head around. And I'm, I'm okay with that. That they're like, they're almost like, like mythical, almost in my mind. I know they exist in this world, but it's just, I don't think I can actually wrap my head around it. No. Am I the only one who feels that way? Because like. I- you, as you as you play the game and as you read the books, there there are a number of things which stand out as it's, it's just so hard to comprehend because we have nothing yeah. of scale. You know, even you look at the the biggest armies we've had and the people they can put out, and then you go, well, this Great Crusade had this wing of the Great Crusade had this and blah blah blah. You just can't. I mean, even the ships. I mean, just the the ships that they fly. I mean, ships, especially the ships. Yeah, how many times have we discussed that? I mean, there's that cool thing where they show the scale of all the different sci-fi show ships. Yeah, and it's like, wow, there's nothing, nothing that compares in the scope and grandeur of this. I mean, it was just like, wow. I mean, there must be entire planets. I mean, I would think, how long can a planet's own resources last? To no, no, no. Uh, Forge worlds don't rely on their own resources. 
uh, they have them shipped from other planets. They must. I mean, I mean, a forge world is literally a a world that forges the stuff. All the raw materials have to come in. You know, the, I guess the one thing that I'm saying is, uh, you, you you think of the sheer number of just munitions, not the actual weapons, just the munitions, yeah. and you think, is the galaxy big enough? Like. Is there? You think we'd run out of resources? I mean, with the rate that they use them, and just the sheer size and quantity. Yeah. Like I know the galaxy is a big place, and I'm being stupid, but it's still I sit there going, "Wow!" You would think that no matter where they find stuff to mine it, it would just cover a tiny little fraction of a percentage of what they actually need and use. It's just it's staggering, and I just every time I stop to think about it, I give up. I'm like, I cannot wrap my head around this. <laughs> Yeah, it um, is. It's, it's immense. So we get to the battle. Yeah, and I know Hone and Moo. Before that, we underestimated them. They're like a trapped animal, and they attacked. And that's exactly what it seems like. And I'm watching this, going, "Oh man, they are. They're doing this final attack." Um, and okay, the rest of the chapter, there's lots of excitement. There's all this descriptions of battle, and it's cool. If, if you're in for your bolter porn, and for how the way, it, this is fantastic. But as far as important points go, there's basically just a few things we really kind of need to know. I love Bronzy at the forefront with his jokers and how he just takes command. Listen, well, we're not getting orders quick enough. This is what we need to do. Yeah, I love the um, the, the ancient or medieval-style combat of the guys, you know, rank by rank, pike and gun. Yeah. Um I love the way that Abnett's taken, and it is. This is you know, it's a very forty k thing. Take a fighting style that's hundreds of years old to us, and then move it into a sci fi future. Yeah, it's it's um, and make it work. They're not just a bunch of guys standing there with laser pistols. No, you know, and, and they're not. And it's it, it's funny because that's the kind of future so many of us see. Why don't we just pull out all our phasers and you know whereas, mow them down? Whereas Bronzy's got a six shooter. Yeah, yes, he does. He's got a revolver in his freaking, you know, in his sidearm. It's great. I love that the Jokers are so well disciplined, and many of them survive. A lot of the other units just die off, but not the Jokers. They're they're disciplined. They know what they're doing. They're a well trained troop, um, and they fight their way. Like they get run over, and even Bronzy's like, "Dude, we cannot handle. We cannot let the entire." armada rushing this way rush over us and they basically fight their way i'm kind of you know you kind of picture it from an overhead shot this huge brick of army running through and they're kind of near the edge so they yeah. move off to that edge so they can actually get out of the fighting because it's going to run them over they're running out of wep- the ammunition you know you can only kill so many of these guys and it's 70 kilometers long you know, the width of this, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare. So they fight their way, and it felt like they fought for 40 minutes, but really it was less than 10. Yeah. It's like, ugh. So, you know, back at the main headquarters, Big N is overseeing the battle. And I like how they describe him. He's cool as ice. There's none of his famous temper. And this is how he got to his position. When, when it hits the fan, he's under control. He's analytical. He's doing the job. Later on, when they're when you know when it's time to blame whoever screwed up when and start executing people. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Yeah, when the dust settles, we can sort out what's gone wrong. But there's a time and a place. 
Yeah, and it's just great. The guys do their best in the war. Oh, you screwed up. Sorry, executed. Titans are six minutes away. And I like how uh, Big N is, is he's glad about this attack. And like, what do what you, I mean, this is terrible. They're right. No, no, no. I don't care how many guys they throw at us. They can't win this fight. Yes, there's a whole city's worth of people attacking our front lines. We will, be, but that's all they've got left. We are going to take them down. This is the last day of this war. This war ends today. How true those, that answer is. You just don't quite get it, aren't you? Or do you? And then he's pissed off. Alpha Legion. Where is the Alpha Legion? Would you please contact them and see maybe they can show up today? Ask them respectfully if they'll show up. Yeah. 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 It is. It's an interesting one. We're starting to get to the nub of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sonica, he's on the flank with the clouds, and they actually just met, like the whole thing kind of went by them, and he's just told to hold his position. He wants to go in and get bronzy. He kind of he knows where he is. Like before the fighting went through, he wants to go in and get him. Which is just great how these two are so, you know, they're brothers. You know, yeah. And he wants to get him. They tell him no, they can't. They're waiting for orders. Um, and you know what's great? Strabo turns out to be a good guy. You know, he held the jokers to, or he held the the clowns together. Well, I think, yeah. He's not know, a natural leader. He didn't do a great job. But I when they... The, the Chiliad have shown that they won't they won't have anyone, you know, disparaging their name. Right. Yeah, even fucking Strabo has, has his place. And, and everyone, it's, it's almost that kind of ironic nickname they've got for him now. Yeah, he's a pain in the arse, old art. Yeah. Fucking Strabo, isn't he? But they, yeah, but they tolerate it because they know he can do his job. Well, here's the question. Is he, like, you know, they said how all the Hets were brought in. You know, they're not the line soldiers. They're not They're not of that gene line. Is Strabo a, a soldier who they put in command while he was gone? Who knows? You know, because they said he's not really the yeah. guy to do this. In the absence of a senior genic Hecht. Right. And what they said, it turns out that he's a good guy and he held it together. He's doing a good good job. And he sits there and tells him, tells him to wait for orders and tell everybody, and especially, and he's standing there, especially fucking Strabo. He even calls himself that. Yeah. I loved it. I just love it. That's just such a, this stupid little reoccurring joke, which I know there's probably people who hate it and think it's just so cheesy and, and stupid. I, I eat that crap up. I really do. I just eat it up. Um, Grammaticus shows up at this point and surrenders to Sonica. Just before that, we've had... Oh. Uh, Sonico and Shiban talking about the uh, the song again. Oh so yeah, yeah. From the Hag and Hungry Goblin into the Ragswood Rendy and the spirit that stands by the naked man in the books of moons defend ye. In the books of, in the book of moons. See, yeah, I um, yeah. I can't figure it out. Pass me by the Bedlam song. This is where we find out it's the Bedlam song. Yeah. You know what else I thought was interesting in here um, is you also find out why they... Isn't this the part where you find out why they executed him right away? Yeah, sorry, the Shards of the Bone, yeah. The Shards of the Bone, they were infected with chaos. And yeah, that, that song that he was singing might not have been his own. Yeah, the Alpha Legion is a scene that instantly had laced its poison claws into his soul. Yeah. 
if this was true, why did Seneco know the verse? Why had his mother known it to sing to him? Yeah. Is this maybe just an effect of maybe chaos trying to trying to get through earlier? Yeah, I yeah, I have no idea what this is. I don't get this part. Probably missing something really obvious, and we can find it out later. Well, we'll find out when the people go onto our forums at garagehammer.net and go on the show. If you know what this is, please go on and explain it to us. Yeah, because it, there is the thing that's sticking that I and it it, it galls me when I don't get stuff like this because it's probably like you said it's probably right there and I'm just not getting it at all. Ugh. But so then, like I said, you go through that and um, oh, and I like uh, Bronzy's wondering why the tanks aren't moving when he gets off to the side, and then he sees the three titans coming and it's like oh, that's why. <laughs> They'll just come behind and mop up anything that the Titans don't smash. Oh. So, once again, Grammaticus surrenders to Sonica and says, please take me to the Alpha Legion. And so he contacts the Al- Alphas. He considers calling Honan Moo and having him arrested, which is what he should do. Gino before Gene. But, yes. but he contacts the Alpha Legion against his better judgment, and they tell him, Bring him right now. Leave your post. And he's like, um, what? What? I can't leave my post. And he's like, no, you you get, no, you go. And that's when he tells her, listen, I got to go. I got to take him back. Everyone thinks it's weird, but just make sure everyone knows they're wrong, including fucking Strabo. Yeah. And then we get to, we, that's when we then get to see the Titans go striding into the mist. Yes. And of course, wherever they go, death death doesn't follow. Wherever they go, death is racing right alongside them. Can't see through the pale fog, yeah. but it's it's there. All we can hear is the screaming enemy um, dying and, and and flashes and smashes and crashes as they walk through. So, awesome. They, they do get Grammaticus over to the Alphas. Yeah, and Grammaticus is trying to find out everything he can from Seneco. Who's telling him nothing? No. Really, he's just like, listen, just shut up, you know, at this point. Um, and then he goes and drops him off. He's like, okay, I'll be going back now. And they're like, no, you're not. And he's like, what do you mean I'm not going back? They're like, dude, you're covered. And this I didn't get. They go, listen, if if he knew that you were with us, who else knows? Yeah, how did he know? Yeah, how did he know? And if he knows, he probably not the only person who knows because once the secret's out it's out and that stopped me i was like oh yeah so um then we get to chapter 13 the last day of nerth nice uh, ominous title to this um so they get taken over to the alpha legion and grammaticus notices the subtle differences and he's pointing out that they're different. And they're like, wait a minute. And Sonica's like, he's like, they're like, oh, you you know, so you notice a little bit. And he's like, no, no, ask him. And Sonica's like, ah, they all look exactly the same to me. But he can tell. Where uh, One guy actually, uh, doesn't it imply that one guy looks like almost like he had plastic surgery? Or like um, he had some little alterations or something? Yeah, he does talk about, um, where are we? Da, 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 da. I'm looking at the end of chapter 12 where he's talking about 
knowing them. But I th- it was either here or earlier on. They they do talk about you can see that um, there's not necessarily a natural line here and there, and things may have been altered to make them look a little bit more like like each other. Like because he describes the two of them looking like brothers, but they're obviously not brothers. Right? Yeah, and that's here in, yeah, in chapter thirteen. He says, you know, he's maybe three and a half centimeters taller. He has heavier cheekbones. Uh, cosmetic efforts to resemble one another, except you. Oh. You really are identical. Because that's when he sees it. And I love it when um, he sees Alpharius talking to Omegon, um, and he reaches out psychically. Yeah, she shuts him down. Yeah, it shut down hard. He's dropping on the ground. He's drooling. <laughs> He's just like, oh. I mean, it's the psychic, the psychic quick, a psychic kick in the ding ding is what he got here, basically. But they are shocked that he could, and as soon as he says, "No, you two really are identical," you know, yeah. there comes the hint, 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 and then that, when they change the subject, uh, we're not here to talk about that. We want to know what the heck you're doing, why you're looking for us again. And he goes, "Listen, you need to get out of here. This planet is going to be dead today." And. Um, we all, you all need to leave, and um, you get one little, you know, aside here, one little side venue where it leaves from them, where you see Bronzy and Jade deciding where to go, Hod West away from the battle, get back to HQ. Um, they knew the nerd, so they basically find their way back. They they find a path to the, so they can get safely back to headquarters and get their next orders, which is good because if they don't find that path, they're dead too. Yeah, definitely. And this, yeah, all, all brought about the Titans and the uh, the armored companies are, are right. buying this time to regroup. Right, and I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay the battle, but it's a battle. I mean, we've read a lot of this stuff before. It's a battle with big lizards and dudes <laughs> riding massive lizards with long tails. And- oh, that's true. That is true. That's right. They come in and they get some speared on the pikes, and he pulls that gun out and unloads on that thing's face. Yeah. Six barrels at once and gravatic pikes, pikes and things like that. It is it is quite a cool battle. It is um, a cool battle. Necessarily, I don't think to be gained uh, kind of any depth from it. But there are, there are it is quite cool that the creatures they have got. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to say oh it's just another battle you could skip it. I'm not saying skip it. I'm just saying as far as you know, it's yeah. the, you know it's one of these things where. As far as the story goes, there's not that much to tell that that advances the story other than it's an awesome fight scene. Mm. You know what I mean? That's all I was saying, I guess. Um, okay, so we get back there, and it's getting really dark out. And he tells them they've got a black cube. And he goes, what does that mean? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I just know that it's older than anything you can think of. This is before. It's one of five. It's activated by the sacrifice of blood. And uh, they want you to slaughter them to activate it. Yeah. And h- how do we stop it? You can't. It's too late. And he goes, you got to leave. And they go, Namajira won't. Ch-. And, he just, and I love how Grammaticus is just, I mean, he's not afraid of talking back to Astartes either. This is a very different change in this whole book. Just how many non-Astartes are willing to just yell at Astartes. Yeah, well, this one's you know this one's yelling at a Primarch. Yeah, and grammatic. I mean, I I think that wouldn't necessarily have happened unless the situation absolutely demanded it. 
Right. But still, he still does it. You're a Primark. One of you is at any rate. I love that. <laughs> One of yeah. you is a Primark. Use your influence and even a Lord Commander will listen. Either that or cut your losses and leave them. You are far too valuable to be lost in a senseless manner. You're here to save us? And why do you care so much? I was sent here to get you, you know, so they go through this whole thing. Um, yeah, I, I like um, Alpharis, you know, I don't run from a fight. I'm committed. I don't just cut my losses and walk away when I'm over to a moment. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Sinek speaks up. Uh, did you speak, Peto? Yes, I did. I meant, that's what you do. That's what I've seen you do. <laughs> I'm not questioning your honor, your courage, or whatever. But you do whatever you have to do to achieve your goal. This Here. guy's got brass balls. Because yeah. it really did sound like he was talking back to this guy. And I mean, and he, you know, because I, I have this underlined too, because it goes even farther, because Alpharius' eyes narrows at him, Pedo. Like, you know, I, you get a look like that from the Primarch, you back down, and he, pragmatism, unsentimental pragmatism seems to be your defining quality. I'm not, forgive me, I'm not questioning your honor or courage, but you do what, yeah, you do what's necessary for the greater goal. You've suddenly become an expert on the Alpha Legion's military ethics as he steps toward him. Uh, <laughs> no, I just say what I saw. Without qualm or reservation, you do what's necessary to win. The dancers I left in the sand at uh, Telutan will attest to that. You make us sound clinical and ruthless. You are the most effective fighting mechanisms Terra's ever produced. Is that so bad a description? Now that's grammaticus. Yeah. How far is a safe distance? The edge of the system. All right, leave. Now we're going. Tell... Tell Namajira, we got to go. <laughs> if you're playing us, I'm yeah. going to kill you and every member of that goddamn cabal of yours. And he's like, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yes. And that's the end of part one. We should take a break here and then get back to part two, the last hundred pages, which actually is really cool just with the how many short little fast chapters they go through in this. Yeah. So... Um. Let's take a quick break, let the readers go get a, a beverage, and then we'll come back and finish this up. Hi, I'm Dan Abbott, and you're listening to After Udderman. To the halting site. We're finally at part two. And this was where it gets exciting. Five months later, we don't even get to see the planet self-destruct. Nope. Five months later, Grammaticus has been kept in a cell for five months. And Sonica shows up to have lunch with him, and apparently he shows up every day to have lunch. Um... I like this, how he knows that they're getting near their destination because the vibration that he's been hearing for the last five months has changed in pitch. Yeah. So they must yeah. be slowing down. He's, he's sharp. Yeah. And then they leave, and Sonica's just, he's lonely. Poor Sonica. He's yeah. just there. It's five months he's been out on his own without too many people to talk to. 
Oh, has he? Well, I mean, but this is on his own. I mean, this, this I'm assuming is true because he's not telling this to anybody. This is him by himself with I his own thoughts. Later on, that this was all part of a plan. Right. Well, part of a plan talking with Grammaticus, being with Grammaticus is part of it. But outside of that, who else is he talking to? You know, it, it, unless he's got to keep up a fake, you know, keep it. This guy is too straight-laced to keep up a fake sense of loneliness for five months, in my opinion. Uh, he only has to do it for one meal a day. Right, but this is after he's gone from the meal. And he's actually, and it, there's the thing where there's the other humans like, uh, yeah, you know, and like all these, and he even comments how all of their their human, you know, people that they've enlisted to help them, none of them. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, because he talks about how none of them ever hang out and talk about their lives. They never, all that all that camaraderie we saw in the beginning when they were playing the, the little Dionite head game. Yeah, you got none of that. And there's none of that. He says he doesn't talk to any of these guys. The only human contact he has is on, with him. So he goes to see Peck and report. And uh, he mentions that today is the first day Grammaticus has not asked about Roxana. He's asked about her every day for five months, and today he didn't. And uh, Well, at least you didn't have to lie. <laughs> yeah, at least you don't have to lie. That sounds so bad. That just really sounds bad. I'm like, oh, no, what poor happened to that poor lady? Um, yeah. And they want his opinion, though, because he's with Grammaticus a lot. He goes, we've come all this way, and we still don't know if he's lying. And he goes, well, he wasn't lying about Nerth. No. And then you get the uh, the flashback. And I love the flashback here. Alpharius tells Big N to withdraw, and he's like, no. And all of a sudden, he start, like, about a half hour later, 40 minutes later, he's like, oh, oh, this is bad. Yeah. And um, b- because he delayed, they don't get off as much as they could have off the planet. In fact, it said what half of their strength fails to get off Nerth, including six titans. Well, I'm not surprised at that because they were in the heaviest fighting. Well, and yeah. It, it takes it takes an age to get them in landing pods and everything else. Yeah, um, I remember reading about that in the other book where they got to send down all these shuttles to package the thing up and take it back off the planet. Um yeah. but you know what? The the guys that are the you know the Lord Commanders of these Titans, they don't really care that he only had a few hours warning. They lost six flipping Titans. They basically tell him, uh, don't bother asking for any more Titans in any more of your endeavors. Oh no, absolutely. You lost six Titans. I don't care if it was your fault or not, you lost six Titans. Forget about it. You're never getting any more Titans again. And that's gotta hurt. Dude, that's He's got to be upset by this because seriously, that cripples your abilities. You know, well, that's, um, that's one Titan Legio. So you 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 might be able to convince another Titan Legio. Sure. After the word spreads around that he lost six of them. Yeah, but you might be able to do things. You know, my but my yeah. question is, how many of those? How many of these I'm do not, you lose? It's not going to hurt you, but there is yeah, you know, there's possibilities that you might be able to convince other people to jump on you. Yeah. He's done a hundred. He's done a hundred and three compliances. Okay, yeah, he yeah, he's got all those compliances under his belt. I suppose he could weather it, but still, I know if I was told, don't ever expect any help from us again, I'd be like, eh. but then again, I'm not a Lord Commander. I'm a guy sitting in his basement. Yeah. 
And I love this. There's no confirmation that the object that destroyed Earth was even cube-shaped. It's just called a black cube. That's all we know. Um, I love this. Sonica's not sleeping well anymore. He always has weird dreams of Nerth or of little diorite heads or of the verses lodged in Dimi Siban's throat. Yes, he's got it worse than most. I mean, there is a psychic effect on the whole fleet anyway, but Seneco's got something more probably going on here. Yeah. And so then when we get to Chapter 2, it's the next day. Uh, and, you know... Sonica shows up, and they are we going now? Yes. Romaticus is ready to go. Are we going to go see Alpharius? Yes. And there's another interesting conversation here. He's all sort of jumping. You need to calm down. You're tense, and they're not going to trust you. Well, why did they let you eat with me? Because I wanted you. Well, why did they say yes? Didn't they think I'd influence you? Well, I think they wanted you to. They wanted to see what you could do. Yeah. Said, you need to, yeah I love that whole, you need to calm down because you're acting weird, and they already don't trust you. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I do. But I've been locked in this room for five months. Of course, I'm acting a little weird. So. <laughs> Indeed. So they're above a planet known as 42 Hydra Tertius. Which, once again, why'd you pick it? Well, the Hydra. I thought it would be clever. I hope that the rest of the Cabal doesn't like to act all clever. No, they really don't. Yeah, I like that. The, the uh, Legion don't want any tricks played on them. They, they they want nothing's nice and simple. They don't want little symbols and things. Yeah, you don't need to get hit me with that. And I like, but they show up there in a on a war setting. They're on the battle barge. They're waiting for a number. Yeah, we're not going down there till the rest of the fleet arrives. We're ready for war. And Grammaticus is like, no, no, no. That's not how this works. You and I go down. I am your. I'm the key. I'm the key that unlocks the door. We go down. I call, tell them we're here and that you're not waiting to kill them. They show up. This is how this works. And Alpharius is like, um, yeah, except I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's pretty much it. Um, and this part, I like this part. This is interesting. He shows him the landing site. And he's like, okay, you've got atmospheric engineering that's been there for years. Yeah. So the depth of their manipulation to bring them here, how long they've been planning this is, you know, Alpharius is not stupid. He realizes how long they've been being trying to manipulate them. Uh, and he doesn't like it. And he also notices that that looks exactly like the structure in Monlo Harbor. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be worrying. Isn't it? Well, it's a halting site. This is where the Cabal uses when they need to land and leave. So that halting site was set up by the Cabal there 12,000 years ago. So that was there. So the Cabal was there on that planet looking around before humans were even on that planet, is what I'm guessing. You know, the one here on Eolith, yeah, yeah, Nerth was 12,000 years ago, sorry. Right, but that's what I'm talking about, the one on Nerth. So uh, they were there before the humans were there, I'm guessing, because... Uh, but yeah, big time. Yeah. Otherwise, humans would know about it, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but the Eldar, you know, the Eldar race fell, you know, thousands of years before. That's before true. Nerth. And then that's just one, one race. Yeah, and that's only 12,000 years old. The one they're looking at is more than 100,000 no, years older. About 90,000 years. Oh, yeah. So 90,000 years old. So, yeah. So, wait, did you say 90,000 years old? Yep, that's what I said. So, um, 
so they ask what you know you've been talking that there's going to be a civil war and they basically you know he mentioned a civil war in the imperium and they're like you know what that's absolutely impossible and i love he throws back the impossible utopia yeah and therefore predicted to fall short of its goals yeah was it um you are not hide bound by gunnerman's ideas of conduct or rooted in the frenzied tribal tradition like russ's warriors nor are you stalwart lapdogs like Dawn's famous men or berserk automatons like Angron's monsters. You think for yourselves. Yeah. And I love how Ferris is right. You know, my brother Robut despises me, and I ignore him. And I'm thinking, wow, he really he despises you. Yeah. The, the brotherhood they have here is a little bit weird. Like, they're not as tight-knit a family as, as people, you know, you, they would like people to think. I love how some of them, disp- that there's actually, you know, that they just hate each other. You know, it just seems, it just, first, it, that just never quite sat well with me, you know. And I I get it. People don't like each other. And they're not literally brothers. They all grew up on different planets, have different ideas of how things should go. But he despises him, I thought was interesting. And I love that now Alpharius mentions the War Master. Yes. And Grammaticus loses it at this point. Wait, what? He turns pale. What'd you call him? The War Master. Oh, my God. We don't have two years. Now, he's talking to himself. They said two years. They said two. No. If he's already the War Master, it's happening now. This is now. We're too late. We might be too late. And he's freaking out. And Alfaro's like, you know what? Take him back to his cell. And he's like, no, please don't take me. You got to listen to me. Yeah. Now he's now he's having a panic attack. Uh, he actually begs uh, Sonica to help him, and Sonica's like, "I can't." But I think, um, yeah, and I think when you look at this, actually, Alpharus probably never intended to take him anyway. Um, not in that way. Yeah, I'm not doing it your way exactly. It was a chance to find out some more information. Yeah, and so Peck arrives to see Sonica. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm I uh, I'm okay. Are you sure? Can you keep doing this? If you can't do it, I can get somebody else to do this. And he's like, "No, no, I got a job and I'll do it." And he's like, "Okay, then do it." And it's great. And you think it's just to keep an eye on John Grammaticus, but there's obviously there's so much more going on here. Yes. And then we get 14 hours later. And uh this is great. They're getting ready to the 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 Imperial fleet is showing up. They're here now at uh, 45 Hydra Tertius. And um, Bronzy and the Jokers are prepping to go. They've been on this four-and-a-half-month ship to an undisclosed... I like this. I like this part because Namajira, he's so concerned about his glory and stuff. Remember I was saying he was a tool earlier in the last episode? Yeah. And here it shows up. He lost, and this is the first time. He lost big. This planet is destroyed. You've got your war won, but they could have done that from space. They could have just orbitally bombed the place, you know? Yeah. But they're sitting there doing this thing. It's disgraceful. He, You know, they've got they've got guys now who are, you know, Legio, the Titan Legions, who are now going to be bad-mouthing him, saying yeah, he screwed up. There's rumor that they might just get rerouted to 6319 to work under the War Master. Yeah. And, you know, subsumed into another crusade fleet. Yeah, and uh, Alpha Legion offers him a chance, knowing 
what he's like, says, listen, you can come and do this. We still got a job that's unfinished. And if you come with us, we've got all sorts of, you know, you will heap glory upon yourself if you do this right. We need to get some information. And he goes. And because they tell him to keep it a secret, he basically destroys what little morale and what stuff is left in his. Well, he do- yeah, I mean, he doesn't know exactly what's going on himself. Well, no. I mean, he's willing to go there, and he doesn't care because he told him, "Listen, you can, you can, yeah, yeah. Here's a chance to reclaim your glory." Um, doesn't he promise him some sort of something, some sort of post or something, a Terra? And he's like, "Oh, I," and he takes it. And to hell with the rest of them. That's kind of how I see it. It's like you know, he knows morale is low. He knows all this is here. He doesn't care. This is his chance to get back to where he needs to be, and everything yep. else be damned. We get that view from Moo as well, Hon and Moo. Yeah. But I like I like the way the um the army forces are, are like, right, okay, we've got to do this and you can imagine the discussions. Yeah. Uh, we're we're being trained to do this and we're you know, we're being prepared to land with no knowledge about where what we're landing in, why we're landing there. All that stuff. Right. Must be interesting. And then the mission, 42HTX. It should be 670-26. But 42HT, 42 Hydro Tertiary is the planet name, and X is Extraordinary Ops. So now they get the orders, and they're not allowed to open them yet. And then, here you go. Now, you're going through all this dressing up, waiting for Alpharius. He's getting dressed up, waiting for Alpharius, because he's supposed to go with Alpharius down to the planet. He's, you know... He's going to get dressed up in his finest. If he's going to do this, he's going to do it as the Lord Commander. Big time. Uh, drop ships are ready for... Or- I like this part. They tell him that the drop ships are ready, as is their orbital bombardment. And he goes, well, we'll, we'll bombard if it's necessary. And Van, o- Van, Van Onger, he's like, um, wait a minute. Don't we want to bombard first? Because if we don't, if our troops are down there, we can't bombard. And he's like, uh, thank you. I know what I'm doing. You know, like just totally. Now, now even, his, even his own commanders are like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But he thinks he's got the upper hand. If they try to play me, I can bombard this planet. And oh, there's a big mistake right there. He's thinking he's going to he's thinking he's got the upper hand on this. I love it. Alpharius shows up. You want to talk to me? And he goes, oh, yeah. And uh, I like how he goes through this, you know, giving the order. He goes through the whole thing, the, the, the key and the special fanfare, ordering the drop, all the thing goes through, this big ceremony. And um, he's like, oh, I, I know all these ships. I don't know yours. Mine's called Beta. Where's yeah. Alpha? Somewhere else. <laughs> you know, it's just... Secret, secrets in the eyes. Uh, but what's really great there is now he actually gets to the part where he's deciding he can start threatening yeah, Alpha oh, Legion. Um, oh, yeah, he said, my Lord Command... Oh, no, this is great. He's like, you know, I want to know what's going on. I'm not telling you anymore. I want to know more. Well, you know precisely what I choose to tell you. My Lord Commander said he needs to know more, Dennis Chain said quietly but firmly, and takes a step forward. Or what? I hope for your sake you don't presume to threaten me. And Chain didn't move. I heard the Lucifer Blacks were remarkably brave. I didn't realize they were clinically insane. <laughs> like, 
Like, are you really that stupid? Are you really that stupid to come at me like this? And he says, I'm not, and number yours, I'm not putting him in harm's way without a good reason. I want a reliable source of intelligence. And he's like, you got that from the spy? And, it's, and basically tells him, well, you know what? If I don't think it's safe, then I would have to pull my troops out, wouldn't I? You know, and I mean, there's, a, I mean, there's a threat there. He's threatening him. Listen, I'm ready to leave. I will leave you hanging. So, okay, if that's if that's the game you want to play, I like, um, I like how Alfarius just tells him like a lot of the stuff. You know, comes out with a cabal and all that. Yeah, as if he, he's just in total control at this point. Yeah, so he has no issues in in letting him know. You know. He's got the backup as well because yeah. he knows he knows about the alpha. alpha. But yeah, and then he tells him, "I feel my misgivings ebbing away. Thank you for your disclosure." Oh, you know this will remain classified. I expect no less. So he walks away. One last thing, I will be there at your side. You know, like he's just giving orders and doesn't even wait. It wasn't a question, and Alpharius doesn't answer him. Alpharius walks away like whatever for you, and then oh, oh look, there they go. He's watching. Yeah, the, the ship's flying out. Oh, this is so exciting! Oh I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the um, the troopers as they got their their messages. Yeah, so Bronzy again coming into his own, just just laid back in in charge and everything else. Mm-hmm. Through, we get like a page and a half, two pages on it. Right. Some blokes. Will it be cold? Fug me on a stick. Bronzy shook his head. Yes. So bring mittens, a scarf, lapis. You pretty little girl. <laughs> you know, you could just imagine being in those situations. Yeah, Trooper Laugh is fed. Yeah. So he tells him, okay, it says it's going to be, it shows open land, little shelter, and steady precipitation, which is rain to you, Trooper Carson. So, and he's sitting there, oh, we've got some slight variations in the land, so there's probably huge cliffs and waterfalls. <laughs> yeah. And he finds that little metal scale in with his orders. Yeah. And he sticks it in his pocket. I love he tells Honan Moose she can hold his hand on the drop because she's not used to going on the drops. Yeah. And then, uh, so, yeah, Namajira tells, with all this new information, go re-examine the stuff on jo- on, Honig, on Koenig Henniker. And he goes, okay. And then as the, as the, as the drop ship's dropping, Bronzy puts out his hand and she takes He tells her, I'll hold your hand. If you want. She's like, I don't need to hold your hand. But when they're dropping, he puts his hand out and she takes it. Yeah. It's like, here we go. Indeed. And now it's getting exciting. Yeah. Back to Grammaticus and Sonica's breakout. So he shows up for lunch and he's got no cheese in the bags, no wine. He's got guns. And he's like, okay, let's let's get out of here. Let's go. And uh, that's when Grammaticus goes, wait a minute, control word bedlam. And he stops. And he just stops and his eyes get all glassy. And I love this because it's not like he's under control. It's just like whatever whatever he's been doing to him, here's where his his own brain shuts down and the control he's had is there. He's, it's like he's hypnotized. Yeah, yeah some call uh, light hypnot- hypnotization. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that this is where the control word bedlam comes in. Yeah. In conjunction with those songs. So maybe those songs aren't anything to do with... Maybe it's a cabal thing. Yeah, exactly. 
But, but if it's a cabal thing, here. then there's not enough here to break to bring that out, really, in my opinion. No, and I'm and I, that's where I was not certain. And when you get the name in there, I'm like, okay, I'm not quite getting it. Yeah, well, but, um, but um, Sonica for a bloke who doesn't like lying plays this very well. Yeah. Um, they must have been drilling him for five months on how how he should look. Like they know he's going to do this, and they must know how it works. Yeah, well, and, and maybe they put in some of their own. You know, for their operative, they're not going to want any of their operatives to be mind washed. Right. So they're, they're probably putting their own protection against that kind of thing as well. I'm going on the assumption Sheer is working with him here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would yeah. assume there'd be plenty of people working with them. But so he's got that, who are you? I'm doing your bidding. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea it worked. And he tells him, I'm sorry. And he's like, you're, and you can see he's angry. Your voice, I can't fight it. Every day I could feel you doing this and I couldn't fight it. You're a bastard, John Grammaticus. Yeah, I'm sorry. And then he says, control word bedlam. And he put, what was, what the fuck was that? I was dizzy for a moment. You were saying something? Yeah, let's go. Yes. Um, that was great. And I like they go to get Rukshana, and he's telling him he's like, "Listen, Sheer has ripped her brain apart for information on you. She's not. She's feral." And he goes in there, and the poor girl is a hot mess. But Grammaticus, Grammaticus wants him. You know, Grammaticus has taken is taken her with because he loves her. Yeah, and he feels guilty as well. Yeah, and he feels guilty. So they go to the drop pod, and of course he's disabling all the warning systems. Well, if we, what are you doing? Well, if we leave, they're gonna know. I gotta shut this part down so when we leave, nothing gets relayed. Oh, real good, real good. And then we're at the next part. I mean, this is just flying through these chapters. I mean, what five chapters in the last like twenty minutes? You know. Yeah, that's it. Um, I love when the Joker's land here, and it it, it stinks. And it's cold and damp and wet, and all the ground looks like it's been cut. It looks like little kids' building blocks, like the the natural breaks in the rock are forming these little squared off areas. And at first, I'm thinking, "Oh wait, is that the halting site that they talked about?" Oh wait, yes, it is. They said it's the one place they could land. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, even in its natural kind of state, these guys don't know anything, but it looks unnatural, yeah, artificial. Um, I think it's interesting. There's all these dead and decomposing things, the natural flora and fauna. And then yeah. Mu comes in. Well, yeah, when we destroyed their natural atmosphere to make our atmosphere in this area, anything living here died. And so it's like, oh, so they're scanning and they don't see anything, but they keep moving through these little building blocks. And there are there, there's the precipice and waterfalls. Really, Bronzy? <laughs> you know, you said there'd be precipices and waterfalls. We thought you were joking. Listen. It's going to take them a day to get there. And so Bronzy says, okay, 10-minute break. And then he takes out that metal scale with the little code on it. Yeah. And uh, uses the code to uh, to call the to, That's the code, and he calls up the Alpha Legion. And um, are you deployed? I'm on the surface. You're not alone. You were given the code every two hours to check with us, and we'll inform you if you're required. Consider yourself on standby. Boop. Done. Yeah. Fingers and pies. Yep. Everything's going on. It's it's, it's exciting. So um, JG and Roxana and Sonica land on the planet, and they're heading west. 
and they're not going to the halting site. And he says, aren't we supposed to go to the halting site? No, no, no. That's where the Imperium's landing because they assume that's where we'll meet. It's designed to support our vessel when it finally arrives. And the halting yeah. site's huge. You can see it from space. Yeah, well, they said they'd have to walk three hours. Yeah. Uh, and and what I see here, the Cabal is as cautious about meeting me as, as the Astartes are. They're all too aware of mankind's uh, propensity for shooting first. So, especially when it comes to Xenoforms. Yeah, they're not taking any chances. Every side seems to be playing every side. Yeah. And I love Grammaticus. Alferius should have listened to me. He should have come with me instead of handing a full military opposition. I'm the passport. I'm the matchmaker, Pedo. I said, it's, I get that he's upset, and if they would have just listened to me, it went through. But it just, I'm the god here. I'm the god. It's like he's getting pissed off. It's like, he, you know, I'm not getting the respect that I deserve with my with the, my role in this. I mean, he has risked his life. He's been doing this for so long, and he's being used by both sides now. And, and he's been alone for five months and everything else. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, he's snapping at this point, which and, is and, probably why he doesn't realize what's going on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and this is like the eleventh hour of the eleventh, you know, eleventh minute, eleventh hour, that kind of thing. It's pushing on towards end time, and then you get this. Um, we go to them, we make contact, reassure them the Alpha Legion, and then we go back. We go back and bring him here. He might execute you, John. I can't worry about that. This is too important. This is about deciding what the future will be about for everyone. And then, boom. We're back, and I like this. Here we are. We're back up there. Now, Shane, Shane is still trying to find, you know, go through this thing, and they're still trying to find out how the traitor's there. No, Majira, it's so funny. They're they're good. They are good. Shane is great at what he does, and Namajira is apparently a really great Lord Commander. Yeah, but they are three steps behind everybody in this game. You almost feel bad for them. Well, yeah, they've never quite got all the information they need to get to well, get ahead. This isn't their game. I mean, he says in the beginning, I yeah, yeah, this is not their game. Their game is, you know, I wish we were with a noble legion who knows how to fight a war. They're so out of their depth, and they're good, and they're getting the job done. And they're just three steps. They don't have a chance. Like, you know, this is the slow cousin here. They don't, you know. So Shane finds Boone, and he's looking for Bronzy, and they get in a bit of a pissing contest. He's asking, why? Because that's what they do. They converse. I get your name. Okay. You know, and they're talking back and forth. That's a busy day. Get on with it. What can you tell me about Bronzy? Why? I just require an answer. And he's going back and forth, back and forth, and he finally just tells him, listen, I, I, I don't want to get into a contest with you here. And then he says, you know, Bronzy and Sonica are not so innocent, and he and Boone gets mad. You better have some fucking watertight facts before you come down here dragging my reputation of my hetman through the gutter. And so they're still doing that uh, Gino before Gene thing. And um, I said, you know, we've got the spy. The spy was this person. All basically lays out all the pieces, and Boone's turning pale. Yeah. <laughs> Realize he's been played. Yeah, and he, and he said you better have some airtight proof. And he's laying fine. You want it? Part one, part two, part three, part four. How's that for you? And he's like, ugh. And so he tells everyone get out. And he's like, okay, listen. Of course, we see a weak link. I can't 
you can't blame it. We you know we did this. We don't blame you. Tell me about Strabo. Fucking Strabo. <laughs> That's the best line. Why is he called that? I don't know. It's a joke. Don't you losers make jokes? Never. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. And he goes, you know, so what does he have to do? And this is where he finds out Strabo made a report. You don't have access to those reports. We are on a full purge. I have access to everything. And Boone's pissed about that. That they're getting to see all their stuff, all their dirty laundry. And he goes, no, nah, I don't know. It's a Sonica left. He left to bring a traitor in. And 30 minutes later, the whole planet went to hell. So once again, we assume she's dead. We assume Rakshana's dead. Yep. We assume Grammaticus died out there in the desert when he ran off. We assumed that uh, that Sonica's dead. Well, because they're not dead. And he only knows one link that he can definitely get hold of. Yeah. So he's after Bronzy. Please supply me with the surface drop coordinates for Het Bronzy. Why? He's not working for us, and he hasn't been for a long time. Uh-oh. Mm. So now we're flipping back. This is, uh, oh God, seriously. Even, you know, it's so funny because the first three quarters of this book was really interesting, but, like, yeah. so much of it just got dropped. There was all this stuff going on, on this planet, and it was all, well, you know, we'll get back to it. Let's finish this because I just I want to keep going through this, but I want to go back to that whole how this book was split up because it was really, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Okay. Okay, so they get where they're going, and the cabal is there. And you see them all coming out, and, and, and Sonica is like, oh, my God, what is all this stuff? You know, like, you know, he's seeing these creatures, you know, some of these types for the first time, and they're creepy as hell. Well, yeah, and, you know, yeah, you know, Xenos are bad. Yeah. Know this. And now there's a ton of them. And we may have to flex. You don't have to flex. You're here. We've been here all along. Show yourselves. Oh, fuck me. And he sees all these people there. Stalk things, vulpine shapes, asymmetric insects, horned, boneless, uh, environment suits, a giant mollusk uncurled. Yeah. 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 One entity seemed to be nothing more than a beam of discolored light. That's very Star Trek, isn't it? You but, know what? I but, but When they talk about the non... The non what is it? The asymmetric insects, and then the beam. I was thinking like the color out of space. I was thinking more Lovecraftian stuff. All oh, right, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. No, just I'm talking about that. Just the individual beam of discovery oh, yeah. is a very Star Trek. One. Oh, yeah, <laughs> easy to replicate. But yeah, the, yeah, all kind of gelatinous pseudopods. You know, <laughs> it's. Uh, and he's like, "Who'd you bring with? You know, who have you brought with you?" The, I brought this woman who is my heart's love and my friend. I've come to this, the meeting here. And he, the Autark mutters something. The Autark wishes to understand why you've brought Monkey with you. And it's like, I had to improvise. They wouldn't come. And he yells, Monkey again. And I was like, uh-oh. Like, he's really pissed that they're there. No, because you turn around and they got a gun on him. Yeah. And this is where we see, yeah, Bedlam, Bedlam. and He laughs. I'm sorry. And Rakshana's... He tells her the communicator. Got it. And he's like, wait, you too? Uh, look at this. What has she got on her? Uh, sorry. Uh, what does he tell her that she's got on her? A psionic scrambler making my mind look confused and torn up. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you used me. And that's when uh, all of a sudden she hits the button. And yeah. Alpharius and his group all teleport in. Yeah, 50. Yeah. 50 warriors. At least we, at last we meet. 
on my terms. So back to Bronzy. Oh, look, a ship's coming down. Why would a ship be coming down this late? Bronzy works out. There's only one reason that the blacks would be down. Yeah. They're coming for him. And, um, yeah, they're just coming to arrest him. Oh, this is, you know, this is all a big mistake. This is all a big mistake. No, okay. And that's basically they're just, they arrest him. Yeah. And Moo is, she's scared for him. I mean, you can see in her eyes something bad happening. She knows something's wrong. She doesn't know what. Well, I doubt that many people get dragged away by the blacks that often and come back. Exactly. Yeah. And then you get back, and there, there he is. There's, there's Grammaticus yelling at Alpharius again. This is not how this is supposed to go. Be quiet. No. <laughs> this is what I'm trying. This is not how you treat the cabal. You don't turn your guns on them, and I can do anything I want. And what I want is to be in control of this situation. You know? yeah, I like it. There's no basic. Uh, it's or lead us into a trap. It's not a trap. Not anymore. It isn't. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I, they're kind of cocky. You used me no more than you thought you were using us. Like uh, Grammaticus, he he does got Grammaticus has some balls to be upset that for being used here by them. Yeah, poor old Grammaticus. But he's used by everyone. Yeah. So, when he's trying to use someone, I don't know, poor old bugger. Well, and here's the thing, though. These were really his friends, and he didn't want to use them. And he's no. been. And the thing is, he's been honest. He's really been honest with them. He's only using them because he has no options. He's telling them, listen, show up here. You and I walk down to the planet or teleport, that whatever. They're going to show you what they want to show you and give you this option. And it's the truth. The poor guy is the one guy who's actually telling the truth about what's going on, and nobody believes him because everybody else is a big liar head. Yeah. And so he's forced He's forced to use his friends in a way that he's he's not even happy with it, you know? So, and so this is, a, you, guys, you, you guys use me. You're my friends. Well, you used us. I didn't want to, you know? Yeah, I do. I feel kind of bad for him, even though everybody's using everybody. He's the guy that I feel bad for about this. And um, Sheer is there, and they look at him. It, what you know? You let me know if there's any psychic nonsense going on. There mm-hmm. is, but they're just talking to one another. Okay, heaven, if, heaven knows what one dude would be able to do if there's farseers, et cetera, et cetera. There, but <laughs> but I suppose the Alpha Legion don't know that. Right, and it's still, it's Peck, you know, listen, just look, watch to see if there's something funny going on. Let us know. We can always shoot everyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to, the, and here, yeah, here's that big reveal. The yeah. cabal will speak, though it remains the position you play. This is typical of human zeal and religion. Begin. The cabal will deal directly with the Primarch of the Astartes Alpha Legion. You are the entire Primarch. He yes. pauses. You are. Even the- even then, it's a single Primarch in two parts. So do they actually share a brain? Like, I mean, not share a brain, but I mean... I think so. Are they are they, they are, one mind in two bodies? Like, do they have a psychic link? I mean, they seem to. Uh, well, they, they probably have a psychic link. We, uh, we will see that almost all the Primarchs seem to have uh, some form of psychic ability. Um whether it's you know strong like Magnus or or, or very specified, um, 
I don't necessarily think they're much more than that. You know, and you're always going to have that twins thing. I think they're always going to play on that. Um, but I think as you go through the series, you'll see that they are very much their own people. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there are going to be there's going to be that connection between them. Yeah, you are both the Primarch, one soul and two vessels. This isn't known outside our legion. It's a close guarded secret. You know, we've been watching you guys. It's clear to us that the oldest and youngest were significant. Horus for what you'll do and you for what you'll undo. And that's where, you know, he will let the galaxy burn. He'll ignite civil war. You speak heresy. Exactly so. And he said, you know, you're, you're full of crap. Basically, he tells him you're full of crap. Yeah. And he goes, well, you know what? We'll uh, We'll show you. We'll share it with you. And that's what I said. You know, we need you to see. Do it, Alpharius and, Om- and Omega, and say simultaneously. They want to know. They need the information. Yeah, they're will- they're willing to go. If you can t- if you can prove it, then prove it. Let's go. Yeah, they're all about the information. Um, now Bronzy's getting interrogated. Poor Bronzy. They're <laughs> you know he's you know he said you planted that on me. Really? Where'd you get the tattoo? Um. Uh. Well. Did I put that on there? Listen, just tell me your secret. My name's Hurtado Bronzi. There, I've said it. And that's he says, don't annoy me. Tell me the rest. The rest, if I must, and that's what I'm assuming that's some of that stuff from the beginning. Yeah. Because yeah. you know you he's must. not giving him anything but his name. Oh, no. But he's telling him something here. And so then it goes back, and all of a sudden, the hey, ship <laughs> the ship appears. Well, I mean, they they just they just they don't even they don't travel through the warp like we do. They used a they used the webway, right? Um, yeah, and they yeah. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, so they they literally <laughs> appeared out of nowhere. It's not even like warp. I'm trying to remember exactly an unknown craft of significant displacement. I'm um, trying to look for the description of the craft. It is, is it a, a great copper dish, half as wide as a visible street? See, it doesn't. It's not like the um, Eldar ships, so I don't know how this. But ship it's huge. It's like a city. I mean, it's not a, It's yeah. not a craft world, but it looks almost like a craft city. There's, it seems to be described almost. The thing that you know, the thing is, if it's not a craft world, it's a sleek ship. Blah blah blah. It doesn't sound very Eldar-like. Right. So we, we've already shown, you know, they've already described about a dozen different aliens we've never seen yeah. or trade in 40K. So There are no energetic or magnetic profiles that would suggest a real space translation. The object just appeared. I speculate it was previously cloaked. There we go. Maybe it was, or maybe, you know, they, but we don't know, and they sure don't know. And then it just flies by. They can't even get a beat on it. Do you know <laughs> what it is? No, and it just went by. Like... <laughs> You know, and then goes down to settle on the planet, causing all kinds of atmospheric issues and yeah, lightning sparking and it's, yeah, the steam is building up storms, and it's 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 basically that giant, huge ass can see it from space landing strip, the one that they built an entire city on in Earth is it's it's little landing pad. I wonder if it's supposed to be representative of the um, traditional fifties. Flying saucers. Well, they do describe it as that. Yeah, that that yeah. dish. I was wondering. Yeah, so they're linking it back to you know maybe the cabal have been keeping an eye on us. 
<laughs> that would be funny. That yeah. would really be that, and, and and that's a really subtle link there too. Yeah, maybe. So, um, Big N is like, well, prepare for orbital bombardment, and he's like, oh, there's troops on the ground, and. Now Majira's sitting there, and he's like, that's where he's like, oh, my goodness, he lied to us. Yes. The ground forces, this is this is off of his time schedule, unless he lied to me, unless he's already making contact and keeping the precious secrets for himself. My precious. Yep, the yeah. precious secrets. Yeah. So, Yeah, we get to see what lies and secrets do to people. Yeah, and how he's, he, we've been played. Well, you know what? You're playing a game, too. Once again, you're three or four steps behind, and now you're realizing it. And there's Shane. I didn't trust these guys from the beginning. No, and now they're looking to try and pin something on the Alpha Legion. And this is going to be Namajara's kind of, I can go back to Terror and say I've uncovered this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm telling. <laughs> Basically what he said, I'm telling. Because, yeah, Shane, they must be stopped and held accountable before they become too powerful. Thank you, Dennis, he says. So we already have es- evidence of their espionage, and I have an officer. So that's uh, the bronzy. Well, that's good. So just what do we got from him? Nothing yet. Break him, and don't be gentle. I want I want some proof that I can bring back that the Alpha Legion has been lying and playing us. Yeah. And so, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, moving on to 10. Uh the acuity. <laughs> Poor old Seneca and, and all that lot are being dragged around now in something that they're just not. Like he gets teleported for the first time ever. And he's like, oh, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> they are so out of their depth. <laughs> I know. Uh, dude, you know what? Give them some props. Oh, yeah. Because they held up pretty well. Based on the stuff we've seen the other humans dealing with in the first books. Uh, yeah. I mean... Granted, they're gene enhanced. You know, they're in the geno. They're gene enhanced. They're a little more than human, but and man, months of Astartes training as well. But still, yeah, yeah. So, I love the Cabal ship is so immense above them that Sonica and Rick, they're looking at it, and he actually thinks he might go crazy. Yeah, just time looking at it. Look down. Yeah, it's too big. It's it's frightening. This once again, this reminds you of almost like that Cthulhu esque stuff, like when you read H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. This stuff is just of such a scale and scope that my mind can't handle it, and it's going to shut down. And she's like, D- D- just don't look. And then a golden ramp lowers, and they go. <laughs> they they usher the Xenos up there. The, so the, the ramp comes down, and the Astartes are, you know, got them at gunpoint. Up, get on, go on. <laughs> and some of them are whimpering, and some are murmuring. And the only one who isn't is the Autark. He's got yeah. his head held high. I could give a rat's ass about you or your bolters. I'm a freaking autark. You ain't threatening me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then, 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 then Majira's trying to get hold of them, like trying yeah. to bring them to account. And he's just like, yeah, I'm not talking to him. He's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then Rukshana feels bad because he loved her. Yeah. And, and go to an extent. Yeah. yeah that, that human side of they have to put aside that human side of what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, what they're doing their job. Yeah. So, but but and there's Sonica, dude. He used every one of us every step of the way to get this yeah. job done. Yeah, he absolutely. was using us in the beginning before we were friends with him. He was using the whole legion. 
And he's got a point there. You know, you feel bad for him because his friends, but he was using them before he even knew them. So, but yeah, that thing. Tell him to maintain position and keep his forces on standby. He won't like it. That's his problem. I probably shouldn't tell him that, though, should I? Tell him I appreciate his patience. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they get on this ship, and um, I like. So, Alpharius decides that. Him and Omegon are going to do this. Yeah. Uh, they're going to shear because they want a psyker. And then they want a human. Yeah. So Sonica gets to sit down and see exactly what they're all going to He gets to see the future of humanity, this this dire portent. Um, and Alpharius is still making threats. I love it. You know, do I, do you want to do this? Sir, do you consent? Demanded Omegon. We haven't got time to waste. I'll, I'll do it. So they come in and Gahead is talking to them all. And um, any tricks will result in our bolters dismantling this vessel piece by piece. Are we understood? Yes. You're a violent species, human. You threaten quickly. But the violence will come later and will be entirely your business. There's a get on with it. I I must admit. Seneco gets like twice as cool in the second part. Yeah. Because when he's going through them, talking to them in their heads, gay hat. Um, Petter uh, Seneco, welcome. Hello, said Seneco. You're inside my head. I am. That's not entirely pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> but man, just, he's putting up with it well, isn't he? he yeah, he's, he's, he's a legend. And I look at, oh, get a backbone hat, snapped home a gun. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is not... Dude, he's got a backbone. Dude, look what he's putting up with. Yeah. This is the type of stuff that most people would be crying at this point. Yeah. I mean, Roxana's not holding up with it well. I mean, he's, I mean, in through all this, they're all... Look how people responded to just being told that Horace is going to turn traitor. Yeah. You know. Exactly. So, that's where we get through this. So, um... You know, they tell her it's going to be a civil war. They show them this. Um, and Omegon goes to look away. You're a liar. I cannot lie. I do not lie. The human race will become the absolute mas- masters of teratogeny. They will create the greatest monster of all, Horus. And Sonica's mind is numb. He can't even... He does, How do we stop this? And he actually says, how do we stop... You don't. But they can control it and direct it. And that's when, you know, regard the future, Horus wins. This is such... Oh. Yeah. So if Hor- Horus wins, his, his his hate for himself will will accelerate. Um, yeah, read this part. Dude, you got to read this part. This can't just let this go with the explanation. 393. Regard then the future. Horus wins and chaos triumphs. A terrible prospect, but likely. The Cabal sees a scintilla of honor remaining in the bright Lupercal. He will secretly hate himself for the atrocities committed in his name. If he wins, his fury will accelerate along with his self-loathing. He will immolate the human species inside two or three generations. The self-destructive, redemptive urge in Horus will drive him to exterminate mankind in shame. Even his closest allies will war against him in a final Armageddon. Chaos will burn brighter than ever before and will then be extinguished. Its great victory will flare and then gutter as the dying Imperium takes it to the grave. The races of the galaxy will be spared through the sacrifice of the human race. 
That's fantastic. And then Omega's horse will not be allowed to win. What's the alternative? And that's where we got that part that we read in the beginning of the Yeah. Of the book. And then so he goes, How do you how, you know, he gets so he tells him, You gotta and he goes, No, we're never gonna help Horace win. It's unthinkable. And he goes, Okay, then see the result. So he shows him what actually winds up happening. Um and I, dude, this is how powerful. This was great. The silvery glow shivered again. They flinched. They saw it all in the space of a moment. The acuity showed them. Omegon and Alpharius staggered backwards, screaming. They, I mean, they see what happens and they're terrified. Sheer burbled furiously, then fell down stone dead. Sonica sank to his knees and wept. He actually handles it the best. Well, he's not psychic. Right. Well, yeah. So there's there's a there's a there's a psychic element in here as well, probably. But yeah. Well, no, I mean, but it shouldn't kill him. I mean, if they wanted to show it to him. No, I mean. But I'm no, saying, seeing what he says, I mean, it it it, it will affect sheer. Yeah. If it has a psychic effect in it, it will affect them right. worse. Oh, but then the two of them are screaming like when they see it. They can't. It, no, no. This is so horrifying. They're screaming. He's crying. Oh, oh my god. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. And then you got chapter 11. They get out of the ship. Sonica looks sick. She's like, what's happened? I can't even tell you. And I like Grammaticus. It's, he's seen it. Isn't it? It's terrible and wonderful. How can it be terrible? Because it offers a chance to save, to spare, to protect. I don't think that's much of a chance. Or I don't think, I don't think much of that chance, John. So then they go and they see Alpharius. Well, what's your response, monkey? Do you have the strength to make this choice, or are you just as weak and self-serving as the rest of your vermin species? And he tells him, I stand for the emperor. In all things, I'm loyal to him, and I cannot break that bond. He has many great ambitions and the noblest of intentions, but I know that above all else, he's determined to stand firm against the rise of chaos. He's always known the truth of it. The overthrow of the primordial annihilator is his greatest wish. So what I do, Autark, from this moment on, I do for the Emperor. And he nods and walks away. And I was like, well, okay. first of all, how do you know that the Emperor's, where is he getting this information? They know more about chaos and what's in the Emperor's head than anybody else seems to. Maybe they were told. But yeah, it's it's different to what we've heard from other Legion. Yeah. And But I love it. What we do now, we do for the Emperor. Okay, so wait, so they go traitor lead. Oh, oh. So, now Majira continues to plague us with his demands. He's becoming quite agitated. Yeah. He insists you report to him and make a full deal. Does he indeed? He's beginning to make veiled threats too, accusations of treason or worse. We must make some sort of response before he loses all patience and embarks on a regrettable course of action. We'll make a response. Said Omega on Alpharius glances. This is so great. If we're to prevail in the task ahead of us, we must be secure and committed. We cannot let our hand be seen too early or have our undertaking betrayed. Secrecy is, as always, our most potent weapon. Agreed, said Alpharius. He bowed his head and was silent. So, do it. Oh, Oh, yes. And they wipe him out. They come in at a trajectory. Number no, if I don't hear back from them, I'm, uh, you know what? I'm going to my room to write a strongly worded letter to Tara. And if <laughs> I finish that letter and they haven't responded, I'm mailing it. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he orders total bombardment of the surface zone. 
Yeah. They are Astartes, my lord. Um, I do not believe they are our own anymore. You know, he, he might have stumbled on the sort of truth. Maybe he figured it out. I mean, there's been a lot of lying going on. It's the wrong reasons. Completely for the wrong reasons. He just he assumes that just because they've met these Xenos, that they're in... Um, and they're, they're keeping in, secrets from him. They must be in cahoots. Yeah. It's uh, it's just one ship from the beta, and then they uh, yeah order the uh, teleportation and the boarding. So this is great, though. The ship, it's attacking. So he tells everyone to fire on him. Nobody's ready. The nope. beta just starts wiping out everybody. And then they do keep shooting it. and But it's not even phasing it. Nothing is slowing the ship down. And Shane's like, we need to go. No, I'm going to blow that ship up. I'll show them. Stubborn as hell. Uh, no, we got to go. They're all blowing up. And then all of a sudden, around the corner shows up the Alpha. Another mission, my eye. Look, there's the Alpha. Oh, yeah. Don't believe a word they say. Exactly. So, um... I mean, yeah, and then meanwhile, down on the planet, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Cabal ship is getting ready to go, and, um, they turn off the support. Yeah. They turn off the stuff, the, the life support. So, basically, Moo and Che and everybody on the planet... Is getting left behind. Gone. <sighs> Pragmatic. Gonna leave him behind. So, chapter 12, he's like, listen, we gotta go now. And he's like, no, we got to go. And Namajira's still screaming, and we've lost this ship, we've lost that ship. Um, he's lost it now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he slaps Van Unger, and he's shooting it with a like, destroy it now. He starts hitting his men. The guy's bleeding from the lip. Yeah. And Van Auger looks like he's going to hit him back, and Shane grabs him by the throat. Yeah, and he, he finally gets the hint when the Alpha turns up. Yeah, when the Alpha turns up, it's now it's time to go. And then there's Bronzy. It's not a noise out there. And uh, Sonica and um, what's his name? Tanner show yeah. up and save him. Now, here's the thing. He's like, you came for me, a personal favor granted by the Primarch. You came for me. We look after our own, says Tanner. They were going to leave him. Oh, the, the, the Alpha Legion. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, once again. It, one lost resource, isn't it? Yeah, it's one guy. Why would we worry? It's a personal favor. So Sonica had to insist on this. Well, you think about it. How many men might they have lost boarding across the whole ship to try and get them? Oh, sure. So, you know, it's quite a, probably quite a price to pay. No loyalty, though to any of their tools, you know what I'm saying? And I suppose they think of them as tools. I mean, I don't have any... But it's how much loyalty do you show one human operative? Do you show them the lives of four Astartes to yeah. try and break him out? Tough, tough call, isn't it? Well, that's what I'm saying. These guys are tools. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. they have no more loyalty. Even if they weren't tools, even if that was an Astartes and was considered a brother, it becomes a hard choice to try and judge how, how much it costs to bring him out. But I think, you know, everything Seneco's been through for them, you know, they're, 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 they're giving him this one thing. Yep. Yeah. So they get over there and they, they're running in and Shane's in his Vox. Prepare <laughs> for immediate departure. Lord Commander will be aboard in 20 seconds. I don't believe he will, said Alfarius. 
And uh, they get in a sword fight. Why he doesn't just shoot him with a bolter, I don't get. You need a sword fight. You need Shane to have some sort of a, a worthwhile death. Yeah. And um, he's actually a decent fighter. Like, Alferis actually has to try. And he gets stabbed. That's not decent. That's beyond decent. If you get uh, any, any, even even the quote-unquote weakest of the Primarchs um, gets a sword through his blade, that, you know, through his chest, that's not, that's not weak by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah, he must be an amazing fighter because it's not yeah, fighting in the Astartes. He's a human. Yeah, and we've talked. You know, we've we've seen various times when uh, what's his name in <sighs> Galaxy in Flames, the guy who got recruited by Horus and tried to stop um, Thingy leaving. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and he was pumped to the nines and was fighting a, an old. Space Marine. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, yeah. Curse. Um, the guy with yeah. his tongue cut out. Yeah. So you know, and he was. He had loads of kind of modifications and stuff. So yeah, no, Chain is. Uh, oh, and is the nuts. Yeah, and I mean, as like, and that's the thing. And remember, whoever that was, who was the specialist in the beginning, Bronzy lowered his gun half an inch, and the guy blurred. Like he just was all of a sudden, Bronzy was against the wall. So yeah. yeah. So it, whether or not that was Alfarius, you can see the speed. And he actually, I love it. He gets Alfarius looked down at the wedged blade. A tiny amount of blood oozed out. Hmm. He murmured. He stared at Shane, who knew he could not pull the sword out. That's all you get, said Alfarius, and split him in half. Yeah. And so finally, then there's Namajira. My lord Primarch, please, I beg you. Why? Why are you doing this? For the emperor, said Alfarius, and pulled the trigger. And then you get the epilogue where basically Grammaticus has had enough. This he's tired of being used, and then the, and, and he's just, he's just been used by the woman he loves and everything else. And, well, this thing he fell in love and he lost her because you know it just. And to be fair, like they recruited him pretty much for this task. So well, no, he's been doing this task for the last ten years. He's been working for them for a thousand. How, yeah, but have they been building him up to do this task? Well, maybe. He's, well, didn't he say... I'm not just going to give someone a job to do that they've only known working for them for 50 or 100 years. And I know we've got to make sure this guy's up to it. Right, but I thought he had other jobs. Because he even talked about he'd fallen in love before, he'd met other people on <laughs> other gigs. I mean... But I, I honestly think the, the whole reason they were looking for a human, although they probably want a human anyway... But they're going to look for a human for this role. They're going to give him other jobs. They're not going to just leave him right. in itself. But they're going to give him other jobs. But this is his main. This was his raison d'etre. Okay, I got what you're saying. Yeah. And then he goes, walks out the air hatch, hoping that they'll actually die this time. Which is still confusing about that whole how he keeps coming back to life thing. I mean. Yes. <sighs> wow, just a whole and you know, and then it ends and damn it, I still don't know what's up with this legion. I mean, it sound yeah, we know that they go and they side with Horus, but they're doing it for the emperor. So it sounds like the cabal talked him into it. Excuse me, but then they didn't get the job done. Well, that, I mean, that's a different issue completely. Well, I mean, I'm you know, I'm just saying. I mean, it sounds like the Cabal well, talked him into it. It sounds like they're doing it. Yeah. 
whatever happens at the end of the heresy is not, you know, it's not relevant to why they're doing. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, they they are for the emperor. What other reason? We we can see nothing in that book that would suggest any other reason for them being on Horus's side. They haven't fallen. There's right. nothing in that book, so we have to assume that the the Alpha Legion are working for Horus, for the Emperor. Right. So, but, and I guess here are my question: Do they wind up getting touched by chaos, like so many of the other legions? Like the, you know, we, oh, we've only read this book. Oh, uh, see that now. See, you know, I need to know. You can't. We, no spoilers. I get it. It's found five. You know, um, we're we're not talking about anything past this book. Right. Oh, man, I'm I'm really curious now. Like it's this is this is really interesting. Put it this way: there are a number of things in this book which I forgot happened, or uh, or, or or words that were put in certain ways that I, I say I forgot that were in here that have um, made me think about other stories that occur later on in the heresy and I'm not saying they're all uh, linked to the Alpha Legion and or, or anyone else specifically but there are just a lot of things in this book which show that certain plans were laid out fairly early on which is cool yeah this whole thing is cool and you know what I said earlier with the book set up you know it's it's funny because you know there's all this deception going on you know, everybody's lying to everybody. Everybody's deceiving everybody. Nobody knows exactly what's going on. You know, everybody gets to the end by their own path. And even in this book, the whole setup, the whole three quarters, you know, they're brought to this planet to be shown the the extent of chaos and what it actually is. And the planet winds up eating itself up. All this buildup, all this fighting, all this war. I mean, it's just, it's... It's a feint. It's a it's a ruse. In fact, is as far as the book even goes, in the end, everything I mean, that happens on an Earth is 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 bait. It's yep. pointless. Like it doesn't really have any. There, it has no bearing on the rest of this story or the bigger story, uh, because even they didn't realize when they brought him in. This is actually more than we thought it was. And it all it destroys itself. It's all gone. None of it matters at the end because all that matters is getting them to the to forty two Hydra Tertius. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like it actually matches up with the rest yeah. of the book. The only key thing is the black cube and um the fact that they had the um Grammaticus had something that they could get hold of to say when he did save us here. Yeah, that's the only the only kind of linking point from Ner is well, he was right about Ner, which (laughs) Which is yeah, yeah, going all that way to kill it. He's killed a planet. Um, Dan Abnett's killed a planet to show trust, and they still didn't trust him. Oh no, absolutely, he was right about Earth. That could be a setup. What the hell's a black cube? We never saw that thing. You know, Mm. I mean, it was it. All of the fighting, all of the work, all of that stuff, and it it's utterly kind of meaningless. And then it gets to this ending, which is, at least from where I'm sitting, not. Uh, it could it could be either way. It's it there's there's there's, you know, there's no unequivocal answer as to what's going on at the end here. I mean, you know, I I think that they're joining Horus 
to save the emperor or to to save the galaxy, you know. I think you'd be hard pressed to think that they just decided to join Horus for the sake of joining Horus. Yeah. Because the only information that relates that way is if Horus wins, he dies and everyone dies in an Armageddon. So, yeah, there's nothing there to suggest that they've joined Horus for any other reason than they think it's a way to defeat Chaos. Oh, no, I, and I agree with you there. So, so we are looking at the Alpha Legion are working on the traitor's side for the good of the rest of the galaxy. Yeah. It's just, it comes to a really weird, you know, it, it, it's, like I said, I mean, with the, you know, so I, I'm curious, so what are they doing at that point? I mean, that, that's, I guess, where it's open-ended. How are they doing this? How do they get in there? How does Horus not know that they're, what they're trying to do, that they're ultimately leading to Horus's end? You're talking about the most secretive legion there is. I know. So if Horus puts his feelers out and says, by the way, that's, um, you know, the Empress of Charlottesville, and blah, 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 I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lead this rebellion, and they go, yep, sounds legit to us, then I can't see Horace asking too many questions. Yeah, I just, like I said, I mean, and that's, I mean, I'm not complaining. That's, that's, I mean, it follows the theme at this. At the end, I don't know any more. Well, actually, I do know more. I, I get, I get their rationale for why they turned. 400 pages for basically what the last five pages revealed. Other than that, I know nothing else. Yeah. I, I'm not complaining. It's cool. It's cool that I still don't know what's going on with these guys. I, I mean, it's secrets and lies. It's, it's exactly what it is. I'm not complaining at all. Uh, you get to the end of this, and I was like, wow, that was really neat. Um, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, I, I, just, I was kind of blown away by the ending. And even the second time reading it, I'm still like, "Wow, that was really powerful." Yeah, definitely. It was. Um, it was new for us. The reasons why they're fighting on the side they fight for. Um, say the twin primarchs before this book, no one had a clue. Um, yeah, there were there were there were little things in there. That, the the nature of the way they worked, we knew they were secretive, but kind of the nature of the way they worked and everything. Um, and that's been taken on and run with, uh, particularly by Forge World as well, in their books. Well, cool. Indeed. Well, and, do you have and, anything else you want to say about this? Um, no, not especially, I don't think. I think we've exhausted it. Yeah, it's a cracking book. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was quite good. Um, and... Yeah, there were some interesting stories, as I said, that spark off of uh, situations or people or stories that occur from this book. I'm looking forward to some of that because I don't remember too much of it. And I've, like I said, I got up to about book 17 or 18, I think. Some so. of them are in the, like, there are some short stories and things, um, but there are some, some, some instants later on. Cool. Definitely. Well, all right. So, folks, please go to the forums. Uh, garagehammer.net jump down to the after Olinor discussion pages and um, and join in tell us what we missed tell us what you think so that when we have the uh, feedback episode next uh, next episode uh, we could bring that stuff to the table 
that'll be awesome. Um, what's the next book? Isn't it? Um, Mechanicum? No, no, it's no. not. It's um. Oh, uh, Battle for the Abyss. Battle for the Abyss. Yeah. Mm. A lot of people. I, I remember hearing a lot of negative stuff about this next book. I remember liking it. Hmm. That's the one with the big, the big, the, the big giant ship. ship. Yeah. And yeah. they're sending it off, and there's it's you get the ragtag batch of, you know, four or five Astartes from different legions having to take this thing down. Yep. We'll see. Oh. Go read it again. I haven't read it since I read it the first time, so it'd be interesting to see what I make of it. Well, you don't seem that uh, the first time you were too impressed based on your little hmm. I wasn't. Oh. We shall, we shall, I say, we shall have to wait and see. All right. Well, I'm interested now to see if this changes your mind on a second reading. But that's for another episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to leave us a nice iTunes review or something like that, that's awesome. We got our Facebook page after Eleanor. Um, we got, you can follow us on Twitter at after Eleanor, at Child of Fang, or at Garage Hammer. Other than that, we will be pleased to bring you the battle for the abyss um, after our feedback episode. And until that time, the Emperor protects death to the full center. Congratulations on completing another episode of After Eleanor. David and Greg would love you to come and chat some more about the Horus Heresy in the forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or on the Facebook page, just search for After Eleanor. You can email us if you wish at greg at garagehammer.net or david at garagehammer.net. Finally, you can catch us on Twitter at After Eleanor, at Child of Fang for Greg and at Garage Hammer for David. If you'd like to support the show, you can visit the support page on the main website at garagehammer.net and you can leave a positive review on iTunes. In addition, you can tell all your friends to come and join the community. Many thanks for listening, and until the next episode, may the Emperor protect you.